0: Hey Matt, welcome to Cyberbytes the podcast. It's brilliant to have you here today. How are you? I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. No, you're welcome. whereabouts in the world are you based, Matt, for the audience? Uh I am we'll say about forty five minutes outside Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, nice. Okay. Uh weather this time of year. How's it look? How's it holding up?
1: You know it's it's uh mostly gray sometimes we have some sun it hasn't snowed very much yet so that's that's good there you go yeah. not
0: snowed in. probably similar to the uk to be fair in terms of it's nice and wet and miserable at the moment in gray
1: very much so yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything's muddy everything's dirty it's good stuff this is it this is it well to kick off the the
0: pod mat um it'd be good to first of all rewind your journey so sure. what I'm keen to share with the podcast is how it all started with you and and how you got into the security space
1: mm. yeah it's it's a uh I think for for a lot of people um let's say they grew up in the 90s using computers uh and kind of grew out of that or into that further into it we'll say um my i mean my journey is kind of similar to that you know i i was a uh, i grew up just outside detroit michigan where mm-hmm. ford motor company is headquartered yeah. uh, we were very early adopters to the internet because Ford Motor Company wanted to wire the whole city where they were headquartered. So I had DSL internet in like 1993, very early, fast internet. Uh, And that kind of kicked off all of my interest in in IT and cybersecurity uh, pretty broadly um, across my life. And to get kind of deeper into cybersecurity itself, uh, you know, like like a lot of people, I, you know, I grew up through doing help desks and doing IT and when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20. Um, and when I was um, 21, 22, uh, I dropped out of school and I started my first company, uh, Aegis Data Security, uh, which was really more focused around uh, encrypted file sharing before the days of Dropbox and all oh. this was- 2006-ish time, a little earlier than that, actually. Uh, And, you know, my background has generally been, you know, being interested in writing code, being interested in IT, being interested in cybersecurity. And um, I'm not someone who particularly likes to um, go to school. Uh, I like to do things and execute and try to do other new things. Uh, And Aegis was very much one of those like, hey, how can we try to solve a problem that we at least perceive as a security problem. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we saw it in the 90s with PGP and and key rings and all sorts of things. But um, it it was definitely a foray into kind of how can we make bad decisions as people in our early 20s to build a product? You know, if if I could go back in time, I would love to be like, you are making some of the worst decisions here. But, you know, you you can't know that when you're that age.
0: You live and you learn, right? These these are the mistakes you you make and, and emit it's turned into who you are today right yes. so it's cool and it sounds like like you've come out of you just like scrap college sort of thing you've come out and you started your own startup which not many people are going to be doing right it sounds like it's like almost in your blood to be on an entrepreneur like talk us through that was it just natural you're like hey i'm just gonna start my own company do this or was there a push outside of that
1: anyone the the first one was you know myself and um one of my good friends from from high school um realizing like hey we we don't want to do this we both hate school um we can build a program or we can build a a product that will really have success so you know i i think for me and for similar to other founders, it's kind of just this like inherent drive to just build stuff and try to do new things and try to solve problems is probably the best way to put it or solve problems in a unique way. Um, you know, and when you're younger and founding, like I, I, the the founders who are successful starting at like 20 and grow, like those people blow my mind. Like those are some crazy successful people. I think it is. it's a lot of experiential, like, how do you do it? How does it go wrong? How do you make it better in the future? Um, Blumira is my my third startup uh, and um, second business-to-business startup. And it's definitely a um, – I'm happy to be where I am now, knowing everything I've seen go wrong in the past. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And that leads us nicely to Blumira, right,
0: where you are now. So you're the co-founder and CTO at Blumira. Yes. Are yes. you able to give the audience then – an insight into Blumira, but also the the space that
1: you operate in. So, around SIM and um, XDR. Sure. Yeah. So, Blumira really came from uh, my background in working with managed services companies um, after the Aegis startup. And then there was one in the middle called Family Signal, where it was essentially like, um, bayesian uh, ml to detect when kids are being bullied uh, which is a whole whole other thing uh, which, that was like the 2011 cyberbullying was becoming a huge thing um, and i learned at that point that don't go to a large company and try to sell them protecting children right. they will not take the risk to protect children so for those of you are wondering uh, they won't take it um, so after those two companies i exited those uh, and i started working with managed services companies really to kind of turn my you know, service building, project building, into helping them build out their own internal services. Uh, mostly focused around offensive security, so penetration testing, as well as defensive security, and that was really more of a how can we take what is a really hard thing. Especially think back to 2010. You know, Socks were still being run. Elasticsearch was starting to really kind of start to grow across that environment. 2011, 12, 14, and no one really knew how to grow it or scale it. It was just kind of a thing that we all did. And for those who were using commercial sims like QRadar, AlienVault, you know, it it wasn't the most fun thing they've ever done. It was just a thing that they had to use. Uh, and in the MSP world, you know, they did an amazing job or they continue to do an amazing job of covering for the complexity of the IT industry and security industry where, you know, a lot of technologies are made for the SMB and mid markets are made for people to just use it's made for security people to operate. Uh, And the biggest need that I saw uh, and this would have been 2016, 2017. uh, So WannaCry was kicking off. We were seeing all the ransomware really start to pick up after Equation Group got owned. It was a wild time for everyone. The 2016, 2017 time Ukraine was also kind of getting deeper as well at that point. And we really didn't see, or I didn't see a good path for what we were doing in the industry to really be successful. It it was just kind of all of us throwing humans at the problem and hoping that we would get to a solution. And I think we can all look around us now and see that the solution didn't magically happen. Like, it's not like people stopped getting owned. If anything, it's worse now than it was 10 years ago, or at least it's more publicly worse than it was 10 years ago. Uh, and, And really, Blue Mira came from my ideation around how we can really solve the problem for SMB and mid-market. So when when I say that, I mean, like, let's say under 5,000 employees and you're the IT security team for that company. Uh, And in the beginning, Blumira was really more of an evolution of what Sim was uh, into kind of a, let's make a Sim that does everything for everyone and it's much easier lift for them to implement. Um, And for me, when I think about Sim, you know, there's a a large industry argument around like, what's a SIM, what's a log aggregator? Like, what is the thing that's actually valuable to me? And that's, you know, this industry is really good at getting caught on names. Uh, We're just really good at it. Like we can always make up a new name and get caught on it. Like we are the best at that. Uh, And, you know, I, I thought there was, or I believe there's an opportunity to really take what is considered a technology that no one wanted, SIM, but it's just this hard thing that collects a lot of data and no one knows why and really evolve it into something that's valuable to people. You know, I I think the value of data has changed a lot over the last 10 years. If you go back, people were looking at big data, they were looking at data aggregation. They're like, yeah, that'd be nice to do, but we really don't have the staff or power to do it right now. And these days, you know, I I tell my engineers, and this is when we started the company, uh, when we were designing this, we said the same thing, that it's our problem to scale the sim, it's our problem to deal with data, It's our problem to get insights from that data. It's the customer's problem to work those insights and solve their problems. So it it is very much a kind of high-minded, how do we change the industry and really start to bring what is the IT, I will say the IT sec community from the SMB mid-market up to where they can be really successful in their organizations without depending on an external source to kind of help them. Because in our experience, it doesn't necessarily help them. If anything, it kind of hurts their operations and their organization.
0: Oh, yeah, it's interesting. And, and for those that don't know too much about the SIM or XDR sure. space, are you able to just give some more insight on essentially what that actually means?
1: Definitely. Yes. So the SIM the XDR space is a uh, kind of a beast that's evolved over the last 10, 20 Twenty plus years at this point, um, in Sim, really all we're doing from the standpoint of the the user, from IT cybersecurity, whatever, is collecting data from your environment, you know, metadata from your cloud environments, cloud information from your Microsoft 365 environments, for example, um, firewall syslog data, data from your endpoints, and really the goal of it all is to be able to identify when there are patterns of risk. And, you know, that sounds maybe straightforward, but it gets really complex really fast. When you think about how data is different across every single one of those different platforms, how do you really bring enough humans that are really smart to solve where there's stuff happening in that data? And, you know, let's say you're a company that spiked from, let's say you're usually sending just a small amount of data every day and then something crazy happened. You send a ton of data do you want to be on something like a cloud platform and spend a lot of money because you happen to do that spike? Or are you on-prem and do you have the staff to fix that? So, you know, Sim has this kind of long and sorted history of being hard to manage, being hard to maintain, being hard to run. Uh, and all at the same time, it's kind of one of the most important parts of getting visibility into your environment. So it, it, it becomes a really important part of the stack that is a necessity but over you know kind of how it was implemented in the we'll say the teens of the 2000s it got a lot of like this is bad we don't want this uh and which is really where xdr evolved from in 2018 uh the cto founder of palo alto uh started the xdr trend Uh, And really what that came from was, you know, another security industry must making something up and saying, yep, here's a whole new thing. Look at this thing. We got we got a whole new thing. Uh, And, you know, realistically, it was Palo Alto doing what is now the platform play, quote unquote, inside of the industry, which was, hey, you know, we got a bunch of technology. We got firewalls. We got our own SIM. We have all of this stuff. How do we then sell it as one package? And that's really where XDR came from of, you know, we can evolve our ability to collect endpoint data into a platform. And when we do that, then they'll buy all of this stuff. And then we can really capture the enterprise market. But the moment that happened, it went even further away from the mid-market and SMB. And, you know, if you are a 50-person company, you aren't going to buy a $250,000 a year license from Palo Alto. You're just not going to do that. There's no reason to do that. There's likely no value in it um and that's not to say xdr is a bad thing it's just one of those areas that evolved in this direction of well we got to stop the attacker at the endpoint because that's where they get in and then all the bad stuff happens and if we can't stop them then what are we going to do but it does miss the fact that you know sim was helping people meet compliance sim gives you that visibility into what's happening inside of your environment outside of the endpoint and while there is a need to have that endpoint view, realistically, it's a holistic problem across the environment.
0: Yeah, nice. And you've kind of very briefly touched on this, but I wanted to bring it up again around how Blumera and the idea came about. Um, mm. Was it just you and a couple of mates again, chatting around the 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 idea of something like this in the space, how, yeah. how did that idea come to fruition?
1: It, it was uh in a, in classic kind of like it. fashion it was born exclusively out of stress and exhaustion um so we I we were running a, a MSP defense service um I had my own sock we were running our own sock we had you know we we were on call forever we were working our incidents that's what we did and it was really exclusively a me waking up one day and me like I can't do this like i cannot run a sock anymore like this is crazy i know mm-hmm. if i feel this way just as much as everyone else feels this way because i am someone who obviously obsessively works constantly as per the three startups <laughs> and it was one of those um there's a chance to kind of take this idea that we've started implementing the msp because we we had built out our own kind of technology stack and say, you know, we, we think we can make this really, truly scalable using the lessons we learned at this uh, kind of building out this service into something that's much more automated and supportive of, of those people, which is to say MSPs and SMBs and, and mid-market organizations. So it, it is, you know, it was born exclusively out of me being an operator in the environment, writing all the code to build out that SOC and that service. Uh, with another engineer and basically being like this is crazy like we we cannot do this there's a way better way to do this and if we can do it a better way then everyone else will want that as well Mm -hmm. um so you know the the high-minded like i have an idea and i think everyone will want that idea (laughs) although look where you are today right yes um yeah it's an exciting journey
0: that you've been on and on that point as well so can you give the audience a bit more of an indication of, of your approach to the market and potentially how your doing things slightly differently
1: from other um, folks and, and players within the space? Sure, yeah. So at Boomera, uh, and generally in in my kind of career inside of IT and security, I, I'm always a strong believer that the organization knows themselves better than any sort of third party will. And as the industry has really... You know, continued its growth pattern into external services and purchase services, and letting someone else deal with security, and we'll have someone internally. It it doesn't work. Like we we can see it doesn't work. Like we can you can read the news and see that this with the current pattern of cybersecurity and IT is not working super great for everyone. And you know, Blue is really more of a focus on bringing that skill set back to the organization. And you know, I think the industry, the IT and IT security as a whole has done a really poor job focusing on, you know what amounts to the what like ninety percent of employees in the IT and security market, people in that are not working for very large companies that are working for MSPs that are just trying to get stuff done. And Blumira is really more focused around how to help those people get better every day, how to help them kind of grow from a risk reduction perspective and gain insights and do it in a way that they don't have to do anything. So like everything in Blumira is automated from the standpoint of deploying out detection. We have our own detection engineering team. They do all the threat hunting for people. They get all the information out for people. And the only expectation that we put on people at Blumira because I I believe it is the expectation that should be on it and security people is to solve the problem that lands on their doorstep. Now that that does mean that there needs to be less problems. And that's one of the other big problems in SIM and and security tools as a whole, where they just scream at you and you're like, oh, well, that thing yelled at me about a hundred times I'm giving up now. So I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And the moment that happens, and the moment you have your users kind of uh, disconnect from your application and therefore not securing their organization you really don't have a good path to success in that organization at that point and it becomes a really important thing for organizations to really buy into getting better and just improving their organization and leveraging the alerts from a tool that is built to kind of make their lives easier to do so so like at blue mira um, because we measure this because i'm glad we measure it are, are we our users spend at most 15 minutes a day in the product. And that's exclusively because, you know, we do a lot to make sure that the only things that people know about are things that they need to look at. Oh. And, you know, that's a pretty, in a, in a crazy way, a unique thing in the IT and security world for tooling, because, you know, the expectation is, well, you know, you get a sock or you get a third party and they'll look at it but they don't know your business. They don't know what you're doing. They don't know what your accounting people are doing. They have no idea, and you do. You know your organization. Uh, and Blumira is really kind of the the hope and the focus of being kind of that, that point and moving the expectation of security and IT back into the organization by giving them tools that they can actually kind of leverage in their organization. Love it, 15 minutes, that's nuts. Um, that's yeah, they, I, I love that stat. It's my favorite. Yeah, that, that's so
0: cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it just shows that your your platform is doing the right thing. Right is if they need to be there, they should right. be there. Um, exactly. yeah. Cool. And so, in terms of Blue Mirror, I know we've discussed this. So, Series B, right, at the moment, and you've right. you've had a decent year in terms of growth.
1: You you doubled the headcount right this year, roughly. When yeah, we are uh, just coming up on, I think, 63 people now. So, yeah, we, we're so, continuing to grow. Yes. Nice. Yeah.
0: And what what does the future look like for Blue Mare? I don't know how much you can
1: say, of course,
0: but um, maybe you can share some some insights.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, a few kind of big things for us are really kind of continuing down what we just talked about, which is how do we make it easier to gain insights into your information, uh, and at the same time, how do we make it so you can just make your life easier? Like that's that's kind of the name of the game. Give insights, make it easier, at least for me and when I look at Blue Mira. Uh So we have a new um, product coming out at the beginning of the year next year. It essentially allows people to do you know, correlative and uh, kind of, we'll say object-based searching. So like if I was looking for you inside of my logs, all I would have to just type in your name and I would get all associated stuff associated with that's you. Cool. You wouldn't have to search through logs. You wouldn't have to figure out where all the stuff is. You just get the information you're looking for. That's and that's really more focused around, you know, most people don't want to have to learn a query language. Most people don't want to have to figure out how to get to data. I don't either. On most days, I want to just find out what I need to find out. And to give you an example, if I get a failed login for you know, a domain administrator, I want to just go and look at the overall timeline of that administrator. I don't want to go have to look at logs specifically. So it's, it's really more about just making that um, speed to success and investigation much faster, yeah. Uh, yeah. which fits with just, you know, making life easier. Right. Um, the other big ones are really more focused around uh, making it easier for the product to get to get into the product. There are really not a lot of SIM XDR products out there right now that are easy to onboard with no friction. Uh, mm-hmm. Blue Mira, we consider and and generally speaking, you know, ninety percent of the time is true. People can be fully onboard in a day in Blue Mira, which is awesome. really fast for a SIM. Yeah. We want to get that even faster, and we want to make it so you don't have to talk to a salesperson unless you really want to talk to a salesperson, which you know an IT. I think we're all like 50-50, like, don't talk to me. first. Okay. I will mm-hmm. talk to you because I want to deal on this thing. Um, and we want to make that easier for people. Uh, the other big thing that I'll, I'll mention for looking forward to, into next year and the following years are... Um, making sure that we have more robust automation. So right now we have like automated host isolation, automated IP blocking. We want to make sure there's more automated responses as it pertains to like Microsoft 365, Google, making sure people can lock out users and reset passwords without having to go into another platform. And then, of course, you know, looking out even further into 25, 26. Uh, Coming over to where you are, getting into the UK, getting uh, further into uh, the other areas, making sure we meet GDPR requirements fully, uh, all the fun stuff required with kind of data residency and and making sure that everyone gets what they need. Um, Because, you know, if if we've learned anything over the last couple of years here, everywhere in the world really needs this technology that's focused on their need and not Mm -hmm. kind of the, the broad enterprise that you happen to also get to deal with. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it sounds like some exciting feature uh,
0: upgrades, but also the, the move potentially to the UK or further afield, which is exciting as well. Um, and you've probably answered su- some points within this question that I'm going to ask, but keen to hear your thoughts on the evolution of the sim and XDR yeah. space. Like you obviously talked around making people's lives easier essentially and and that's probably going to just get quicker and quicker right and and easier to, to manage but how do you see the the evolution of that space
1: evolving over the next two three four five years yeah it, i think it's probably going to evolve in two different ways and and we're seeing it evolve right now in the direction of like have your own data lake you know sentinel one just released theirs microsoft of course heavy on this with the sentinel this concept, Panther does this as well, where you have this general concept of like, you have a bunch of data, we'll help you manage that data lake, and then you can glean insights if you want to, or however your team happens to go about it. Uh, and then you have the other side, which is really more where Mirror is going in, where we manage all of the data for you, we manage all the detections for you, all you really do is start sending data and stuff happens. And there's kind of a dichotomy that's happening in the industry right now, which is really more focused on where is the value to the organization Uh, and if you are a large enough organization that has enough internal staff maybe there's a reason to go in that direction of well i'm just gonna have a bunch of data and i'll gain my own insights from it but in my experience unless you are a very very large organization you probably don't have the staff in place to operate it the way that you might want to for full visibility and what often ends up happening is people start heavily adopting uh, open source detections, which is not a bad thing. Sigma has great detections, for example, but they require a ton of tuning to work for your environment. So you get in this kind of situation where you're kind of putting resources into something that you thought was free, and you got this kind of like cascading effect that does happen. Then you have some other ones out there, of course, like Blue Mira, um, Arctic Wolf that does more service-based ones, uh, and some others similar to that where you're starting to see that functionality get pulled further down market. That is, and and realistically, you know, security hasn't changed. Like the people who get attacked with 50 people get attacked the exact same way as the people of 5,000 people or 50,000 people. Like we see Iranian oil rig attacks just as often as I'm going to guess an enterprise does because yeah. the attack models are much wider than they were, let's say 10 years ago, for example. So it's, it, I believe there's really a need to kind of decouple the the expectation of I'm going to do detection engineering, I'm going to find bad stuff, and I'm going to respond to that. And I do think you're going to see the XDR Sim industry move in those two ways of do it all yourself, good luck, mm-hmm. big company, and we'll help you through this. But the will help you through this itself really needs to still ascertain. Is it something that you should be doing as an organization, which I strongly believe, because I'm biased, that people should be, you know, kind of working internally to solve their operational issues? Doesn't mean they shouldn't have support, but they should likely be the owners of that. Then you have the other direction, which is really primarily a, I'm going to give you my risk, you de-risk this for me. Um, so I, I think you're going to see those kind of three different paths continue across the industry. Uh, my, my opinion, obviously the blue mirror is going down the right path, but it's very biased. Uh, and I think everyone has their own, you know, potential needs, but you really have to be in that like 15, 20, 30,000 person company where you have a really sizable team to get the value out of that technology.
0: Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, appreciate your, your comments. And to the, the question I'd like to finish with, uh, Matt is if if you could give one piece of advice to a founder, maybe they're back when in your twenties, right? So now you know what you know. What piece of advice would you give someone that is potentially on the brink of setting up or wants
1: to set up? Hmm, it's a good question. Um, I think probably the the biggest piece of advice I would give is. Um, Know your customers and know your salespeople. Uh, You will be the first salesperson for the first 12 to 18 months. Uh, If you cannot, um, we'll say knowledge transfer that information, you won't be able to be successful. It just won't happen. Uh, And it's really important to build what your person wants. Like what you want is not relevant. What I think is right is only so relevant. What really matters is, what does the market need? what is the market really going to demand from a usage perspective? and what are the what does the product need to feel like to really drive them to success? Um, because realistically, you know the, I think that's the biggest problem in the security market especially is that they're we don't see people driving to value. Yeah. Uh, so you know, make sure that you're you're doing that and you're really focused on how you would sell the thing. An idea is useless. An idea has no value. Yeah. You have to be able to build it. And you have to be able to sell it. Uh, and that's probably the the biggest thing. And the, the only other thing that I'd say is the stress does go away. <laughs> I do not live in stress at this point in my life. Like I I don't because you you can't live that way forever. Um yeah. possible. Like it's just not. You you just burn out and then you'll want to hate yeah. your life. It's it just doesn't work. So, yeah. you know, focus on getting to stability and don't give up your life for it. Like I, I had a kid in the middle of all of this. It's possible. Oh, wow. This takes work and it takes planning and it takes time. You and you go. will be very, very tired. can imagine.
0: Well, yeah, you're a living proof of that, Matt. So, um, yeah, kudos to you. And, and if um, someone wants to get in contact with yourself or Blumira, what's the best way that um, the audience can do that?
1: Uh, just pop over to Blumira.com if you're looking for Blumira. Uh, if you're looking for me, you can find me on LinkedIn or literally anywhere. I'm always around. Great
0: stuff. Well, Matt, it's uh, been an absolute pleasure to have yeah, you on the podcast great. thanks for coming on is there anything you, you wanted to mention but before we wrap up
1: no no just for for anyone who, who's listening to this who uh, has a need for defensive security um blue is free forever uh, if you just want to set up a few uh, cloud integrations so please by all means go get yourself secured and uh only pay me money if you think it's valuable for you
0: love it there you go can't say fairer than that Matt, yeah. right, awesome well yeah pleasure my friend so chat to you soon
1: yes thank you very much take it easy